Hey everyone, welcome to My Sporting Mind. It's Charlie Webster here. I hope you're all doing okay. Thanks again for joining us as I speak to sports stars about mental health and well-being. For this episode, we're heading to the Premier League and I'm really pleased to say we've got defender Ryan Bennett on loan at Leicester City from Wolves. And they said something else, I don't know why. From Wolves. <laughs> welcome along, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Thank you. Um, how about you? How's the season restart going? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, obviously, the whole... The whole scenario, the, the lead up to games, the, the way they are, no fans, the, the protocols in and around the, the game and the procedures you've got to go through. I mean, it's surprising how much sort of the build up and the lead up and even going into the warm up, you know, coming out, you hear the atmosphere, you hear, you hear the sort of back noise and it mentally gets you a little bit more switched on and you get different feelings, you know, the nervousness, the, the sort of the build up to it, the noise when you come out. Obviously, a lot of teams have songs before, just before they kick off everyone's singing so a lot of that is different and obviously it isn't it doesn't stop there you know you, the changing rooms are all different how usual it normally is to, to roll up to a game and you know you know the changing rooms you know the you're coming out the tunnel is, is a lot different um, and the timings and the way you can go in and so it has made it difficult you know but everyone's to get in their stride and we're dealing sort of with what we've got and so what about lockdown how how has the last few months been for you um, have you turned into a musician yet <laughs> no I, don't I presume know. you've been practicing on your guitar yeah, no, I do. I do play the guitar, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't done too much. You know, it was, it was, um, it was quite nice, really. I mean, at first, I went back to my home in Norfolk, really, and uh, spent spent a lot of time there. And I haven't done that for for a few years now. Do you know what I mean, so it was nice to go and go back there at the start. And obviously, things were week by weekends, and it was tough. We didn't really know how long we'd be off for. Obviously, we we're getting schedules from the football club to sort of maintain our fitness and do different things. And it get, got to the point where it did get a little bit, you know, monotonous. You're doing the same things daily, waking up with no real sort of structure in your day. Um, and we're, we're used to having sort of a rigid sort of timetable of what we're doing and when we're doing it. Um, but in terms of that, you know, it was nice to sort of spend time around the house, time with the family, get some stuff done. But it sort of got to the point in the end where it did become not lonely because you, you obviously you've got your family there with you. You know that some players obviously don't. But it got to the point where you wanted to get back in, you wanted to see people and you wanted that normality of, of sort of life as it is. Yeah. Are you somebody that needs motivation in that sense and needs people around you in terms of a team? No, not really. I'm, I mean, I'm quite happy on my own, to be honest. You're like um, laughing I, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy on my own, to be honest. A lot of people call me moody anyway, but because it's so new and so different, it does get to the point, you know, where sometimes, you know, people talk about, you know, retirement. People talk about what you're going to do after football. And I think that's the first sort of time and the realisation of having that sort of big period off where you actually did sit and wonder, you know, this is what life is going to be like. And, and sort of the reality of having too much time and, and nothing to do was, was not frightening, but it did make you sort of ponder different things that you'd probably normally think. So it was cool. I said it was nice to have that time, but at the same time, you do realise that's maybe how life's going to be. So you got to the point where you sort of appreciated coming in every day, being around the lads and, and, and having that sort of community because that's what it becomes really. It's like a little family in a football club. You come in every day, you spend more time with the people within that team than you do a lot of, well, majority of your family. So, you know, you build up them close relationships and to sort of have eight, 10 weeks without that, it was quite difficult, you know? And I think maybe at first you probably didn't think it would be like that, but it got to the point where you was actually wanting to get back, see new faces, have different conversations and, and sort of see how people were. So you weren't, you were less moody then, do you think? <laughs> I, I have, you know what, I wasn't going to pick up on that, but I have to because you said they call me moody anyway. So is that, that's, that, is that what they... Yeah, that's, that's general, yeah, you know, people will call me a Mona, Moody, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm quite a basic guy, really, do you know what I mean? I don't need much. 
I'm kind of happy in my own self, really, normally. Um, but sometimes that comes across as moody. You know, I'm not, I'm not a massive conversationist. Like, I don't go out of my way to have a conversation. I don't really do much sort of outside of football, you know. So a lot of people translate to me being moody. But I think if you get on the, if you get, if you get to know me, you realise that's not true. But I think from maybe from the outside, when you first get to know me, people have a different perception of how I am. I mean, you seem pretty fine chatting to me. <laughs> um, and did it make you rethink, did it make you, I don't know, think any differently about your future then? And did it make you, because you had that time. And I actually remember watching you do something, because you're doing some stuff around mental health with Wolves. And I think you said something like that. It's the times when, you know, it's fine when you're busy and distracted and doing stuff. It's the times when you're at home and you're on your own and you've got that time. Yeah, and, and that's... I did do a lot of work, you know, with, um, with Wolves and the Head for Health. And we used to have big, you know, group conversations. And I think sometimes people think within football, because they see what they see on the telly, you know, they see the, you know, some people's Instagrams look glamorous and they, they see all this sort of thing, you know. They don't appreciate the times when you are on your own. Like, say for me now, I'm living in a house now really in Leicester for the last sort of maybe two months, three months. I'm on my own 24-7 really, you know. So it is difficult. And you share the same sort of things that you would do with every sort of other person in the, in the general population. Though, when you're sat on your own, you do question things, you do wonder about things, and, and, and things pop into your head, you know, where you do wonder, like you say, when you've got the big break, what am I going to do after football? What am I going to do now? Like, and you start to realize, and it, it sounds, you know, it sounds weird, but, you know, you realize how many people actually text me, how many people are, are talking to you now when you're on your own, you know? So you, you start to wonder these things, you know, I, I do, you know, after football, where will you be? Who will be around you? Because you will lose a big, big community within the football world that you're in. You know, we're going every day with sort of 22, 30, 30 sort of players with all the staff and, and you build connections through that. But ultimately, that's going to come to an end. And you do, you do drift off. You do lose contact. I mean, I've been to other clubs before and I've left and, you know, you do lose contact. It's just natural. Um, so, yeah, so you do spend a lot of time by yourself, you know, and you start to question different things. And I think one of the things that sort of asked what I did and when we had these conversations was sort of coping mechanisms within how you can sort of spend your time. And, you know, some people like to go to golf, some to driving range. Like for me personally, I started to play the guitar and that's something that I just always wanted to do, but never really did. And it got to the point where there's sort of different roads you can go down and, you, and not everyone does it, you know, you see different people, but you see a lot of sort of problems mainly within sport and people that are coming out of it, you know, with depression, with alcoholism, yeah. with gambling with things like that. And sometimes I think personally, you know, with all the highs that are in football, you know, the lows don't really get seen by people. And there is a lot of them. There's probably a lot more lows than there is highs. And, you know, to sort of balance that out when you finish and when you've got time on your own to sort of try and find that next high is kind of the problem that I sort of think, you know, you used to being out there on a Saturday, you used to these people cheering your name, you used to getting these highs that you get. And ultimately you're trying to find the next one and you become sort of a possessive personality where, where you want to be the best, that, that's how you've been brought up all your life, you know. So for me, it was the spare time that was, was the hardest, you know. And that's, like I say, like I played, first started picking up the guitar and just sort of used it as a pastime, you know, like within the hours and within the days where you had nothing, was just to try and learn something to try and keep your mind occupied to stay away from these things. And, and that's what I found. But um, as I said, I've had these big group conversations before and you see different sort of perspectives of what people did. And, and sometimes that can be, you know, the story of going the wrong way, you know, like someone might have done something and then realised two, three years later. And, and I've spoke to people after these meetings where, you know, people share their stories a little bit, you know, with, with gambling a lot and, and sort of drinking. And, 
you know, you do get it. And, and I've sort of, you know, been there. I, when I was younger, I used to gamble a lot. And that was the sort of the thing that I sort of got to, you know, I was just trying to fill the time, fill that void. And, and that, that was the next thing you, you could get to. And there's only so much of that you can do, you know, before you start realising. And then obviously that's why I went to the guitar. <laughs> Good. Gambling into the guitar. So, you know, you're talking about gambling. Was it, um, yeah, like almost like a distraction, a coping mechanism for you? Was it, yeah. was it to kind of, yeah, go on, sorry. It was. I mean, the working day within football is, is quite short. For a lot of people, obviously, you say, you'd say technically nine to five. But, you know, you work that out from travelling, people travelling home. They're getting home at six o'clock, they've got things to do. We sort of generally have a, a morning work day where we can be home by half one, two o'clock. And it's hard, you know, no one's around, everyone's working. And sometimes, for me, I got into the routine, you know, there's nothing on TV. So I would come in put the horses on and then you know you start in a little bit and then literally that becomes then a routine and and that just sort of spirals you know and you keep doing it daily and it gets to the point where you well it got to the point for me where you I realized and I thought like, what am I doing like you know I'm coming home I'm sitting there watching these horses I don't know anything about horses I'm just literally going through this card picking one and just watching it because it sort of motivated my mind you know it, it gave me something to watch and, and something to focus on where you know in the end I was obviously losing money you know but I was watching it with, with sort of a reason to watch it and it just sort of kept, kept me busy. Um, and, you know, some people might listen to that and, and think, well, you know, there's other things you could do to, to keep you busy, but it is difficult. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that I found, you know, to sort of try and find something to fulfill that time. And like I say, that's why um, I started the guitar and eventually I want to move on to the piano because, you know, what else do you do, you know? So it's <laughs> one of them ones, I'm, in the end, I'm going to try and uh, find Full something. Full band to teach in the end. Yeah, it's just different. I mean, it's something I enjoy. Do you know what I mean, I have friends yeah. that play music and I've always liked listening to sort of acoustic stuff and music, but it's one of them things that I said, you know, I started, enjoyed it. And like I say, it does fill your time. So the longer I can keep at it, you know, the busier it will keep me. So you know, it's just keep away from the other thing. And I think, you know, you said, oh, you know, people might not, but you know, I think it's really co more common than, than I think is discussed why it's so important to discuss it. You know, that self-soothing, whether it's through gambling or whether it's through other addictions, you know, even exercise, some people, I mean, I mean, myself, sometimes I definitely got to a point where I was using exercise all the time, um, you know, and then it becomes destructive, right? I suppose like anything. So how, how do you deal for anybody that, you know, is, is listening that can pick up on certain points that we're talking about? How did you deal with that? And how do you deal with those lows? I know you mentioned about, you know, start finding something new and playing the guitar. Yeah, it is difficult, you know. I mean, that's, that's sort of the hard thing, you know, when when you do get them lows, especially within, you know, obviously within the sort of industry that we're in, within football, you know, with social media, with all these things, there's a lot of people commenting, a lot yeah. of people judging you. And that, I, I would say, like, when I was having these big conversations, that these are the things that I was talking about. And, and that was actually a question that got asked. Someone actually said to me, you know, what do you do when, when other people say things and, you know, all these things happen and it gets into your own head? And ultimately, football is a big, big self-doubt industry, really. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing all the time. You're always sort of going over your own head, doubting and, other people are always doubting you. The game's based on opinions. Some people won't like it. Some people will like you. So for me, I, I look at it as I have a sort of group of people that I will trust. That's my family, some of my friends, my agent. I don't have a big circle of people that are, that are trying, you know, not boosting my ego, but, but telling me things that I want to hear all the time. So the outside noise that comes in for me and sometimes the doubts where they come from and, and social media posts, you know, people saying this, people saying that, I kind of, just block them out at the end of the day and sometimes people can say you know that oh, is ruthless but I don't really 
care for their opinion. You know, they don't know me. And I, this is what I was trying to explain to these people in different in, in life circumstances when, when people say like, you know, this guy said, you know, comment on my appearance and the way I dress and the sort of things I was into. And I said, I said you know, these people that are saying these things, they don't know you. Yeah. Like they, they, they don't know your personality. They don't know you as a person. They don't know anything. The sad thing is, if they did, they would like you. And I said, the, and they're saying these comments, you know, without knowing all these things, and you take it to heart and go home and, and then doubt it. But I said, you actually talk to the people around you who are close to you. That's where you realize, you know, what people actually think of you. Do you know, I mean, how much sort of love that people will give you for, for you being you. And I know that is difficult for people to sometimes forget about, you know, the outside and, and the opinions of some people. But for me personally, that's what I, that's what I do. You know, I don't, I don't listen to what Joe Bloggs will say about me or people that don't know me have an opinion of me. And there's plenty of people that have got an opinion of me and bad opinions and, and so be it. But as I said, I go home and they're the people that I trust or the people that I will speak to on a regular basis are the people that I trust. And I rely on them to tell me if I'm doing something wrong. Do you know I mean, if, if I set that a line, for example, I know, like, say, like my dad would be like, what are you doing? And if he said that to me, then I'll be like, you know, yeah, there's something I need to do about it. Whereas, you know, if someone generally said that as, as a thing, I wouldn't take too much notice. But that's sort of how I found I had a close group of people and I really value the people that, that are close to me and, and their opinion. And they're the people that I will go to if, you know, if you do feel a bit low, you know, you can always talk to them. And as I say, I try and block, you know, some people from the outside who don't know me, don't know my circumstances, don't know anything. I, I don't let that interest me really. It's a good way to look at it, though, because it's funny how our brains value somebody else's opinion who's never met us in the first place. Yeah. And then we take it on and it gets into your head. How do you deal with self-doubt then? Because you said the game you know, is all yeah. about self-doubt. The game is, yeah. The game, the game is, you know, you're always doubting. You're always, you're always wondering what the, what the opponent's going to do. What, what if this? What if that? And there are these things in, in your head all the time. You know, you're, you're overthinking things, probably. You know what I mean? And I think... This is the thing where it's maybe different within football. You have a team, obviously, you've got 11 other players out there with you, and that there's comfort in that. You know, like when you've got other people to bounce off, other people to balance off, there is a comfort within that. But as I said, with the self doubt, I mean, it can be difficult. And these are the times when you're alone that you sort of do overthink it. But for me, sometimes when you think too much, you know, you can use your energy, you can use different sort of feelings. But it's, it's one of them things that when I get there, and when I start doing the work, it goes. Like, when I say, like, if you cross the white line, it will, it will go. And the, the whole mentality turns into, into different scenarios. I think, like you say, when, when you come home and you think things, you know, you, could, you go in and have a bad session or a couple of bad sessions or a bad game and you sit there and you think, you know, I don't know. Like, you say, Do you pull it over me. then? Yeah, of course. Like, for example, I've been to places before where, say, when I went to Peterborough, when I went to Norwich or you weren't playing and, you'd think, oh, you know, what am I going to do here? Like, am I good enough to play or can I play, can I play at this level? Can I, you know, will I get another contract? Will I do this? And these are the things that you ask yourself. And then you obviously have the outside noise. So if you start getting involved with all that, that's when it can become a problem. You can really start overthinking. And you do get some players who, you know, they can be great during the week. And you see them in training, you think. But then, like you say, the, the pressure and the, the doubt and all these sort of noises from around affects them. You see that with well, a lot of players, you know, they're different sort of day to day than they are, they are at the weekend. So for me, it's the time alone that's probably worse when you're sitting there maybe before the game, half an hour, an hour before the game, the night before the game, when you're really mulling over all these things, you know, because 
you don't want anything bad to happen. You know I mean? You're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I need to play well today. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then that's when you start sort of overworking. And, and sometimes it can be a good thing because it keeps you on edge. Like nerves are sometimes good. And, mm. and that's ultimately what it is. But, you know, that's something within sport that a lot of people probably get, you know, the worrying and the sort of self-doubting little things. And as I said, you know, it can be a good thing, but as I said, it can be taken the other way. Is there anything you do like in the morning of a game then to kind of calm those nerves? Or are you just used to it now? And not like, really, you yeah. it was a good thing. Yeah, not really. I mean, yeah, it's you know, I kind of, I had spells where, you know, you have it. Sometimes you don't know. Like, I remember when, when I was at Wolves, obviously, we, I, when I first went there, I wasn't playing. and played in the championship and we got promoted. So then I thought yeah. to myself, you know, we, we signed some players who you think, you know, am I going to play? I was brought into, I was brought in when I was in a championship and you kind of served your purpose as such. You know, we got promoted and the club was moving in a different, you know, well, again, a, forward direction you know so you're thinking how long we're gonna sort of be there and be part of it and I actually got to a point where when I was at Wolves in that in the first season in the Prem where the first sort of two three games you know I was in my head I was like I'm just gonna go and enjoy it and there was there was one game and I I do remember it and it was Man Man City at home and one of the coaches Ian Cafro he came up to me before the game and and he just said one thing to me and he just said ah imagine the 10 year old boy that would what he would think if he was playing he said just go and enjoy it just go and just go and be that ten-year-old. Oh wow! And, as, and no one's really said too much to me. I like that before. I've never ever. I'm not a big thinker about stuff like that. But I was kind of thinking that, and it said, like I said at the start of the season, anyway. And we sort of come off that game and, and, and won. And and he was, you know, laughing. He said, "Yeah, I told you." Do you know what I mean? And and that's kind of the mentality that I try to have now. You know, like go out there. You never know when it could be your last. You never know how things are going to be in the future. So try and enjoy every day and every game as much as you can, you know, and as I said, you know, maybe that comes with age and experience, but when you're young, you, you, you know, you do worry about different things, how, where you're going to get to, but now I try and look at that outlook to say, go and enjoy every minute, what will be, will be, you know, you go out there, you give your best, you work and play as hard as you can, you've got to enjoy it because one day, like you say, in them 10 weeks that when we was off, one day that's going to be you, and as long as you can look back and really enjoy it and give, give your all, and that's the main thing. It's funny because you know that season you're talking about, you ended up having an amazing season. Yeah, and it's, that's the interesting thing. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy, you know. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, uh, and it was literally, you know, we're signing a few players. And, and it's, in my mind, I was, I was just enjoying it. You know, every game I f- could have been my last. And I was just going out there thinking, I'm just going to enjoy it. You know? and, it was, and it was brilliant. And so from that, obviously, because it was, a, obviously, I was thinking that it was a positive experience. We had a good season. You know, we was playing well. That's kind of the outlook that I look to take on. You know, and it sort of worked for me, really. And I think if you was going to give advice to people now, it would be, you know, go out there and enjoy it. I mean, you work, you work so hard tirelessly from when you was seven, eight years old to sort of get to the position that you're in. And you can let the self doubt, you can let all these feelings take away that little moment where you can really, really go and enjoy it. And I think that's what you've got to do. You know what I mean? If, if you're happy and you're smiling, you're enjoying yourself, it benefits you on the pitch. So it took me a long, long time to realise that, I think. But that's, that's how I sort of try and perceive it now. Because mm, I think sometimes we get into the, you know, we strive and strive and work so hard to get in those positions. And then once you get in that position, it's then hard to enjoy it because then you're like, oh my God, I need to maintain this position. I need to constantly maintain it. I need to, to be here because I've actually made it to the top. I mean, I know a lot of people like that, whether you're in sport or not, but then yeah. I've seen it so much in sport as well. Yeah, and this, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that say, you know, you work, you work so hard to get, where, to get where you get to. You see all these things, you know, every child wants to be that footballer. And there is a part of it, you know, when you get there, is it what you thought and is it what you dreamt about? Probably not. And within the things that happen day to day, you know, the way the, 
the political side, the way the whole sort of industry is run. But once you get past that, you know, you, you've got to sit back and think, you know, you worked hard to get in that position. So go and enjoy it. And I mean, there's plenty of people out there that would, would sort of switch places and worked just as hard really to get where they are. And, you know, you can become happy with the position you're in, you know, I mean, once you've got there and you sort of, you not stagnate, but you, you got to that level and that's the key when you've got to just try and keep going and going and going, do you know what I mean? And, and see where it takes you. So is it everything that you dreamed of then? And when you were that like eight year old boy, is that what you wanted to be sat here now? Yeah, it is. But people have different paths. Obviously, when I was a kid, I wasn't massively into football, you know, when I was, when I was a young kid. And it was only when I got to sort of, you know, 12, 13, that I really started you know, playing and, and sort of taking it as, as serious as such. But the way I played, the way I started, obviously, at Grimsby, going to do my youth team, I got released by Ipswich. I got released by Norwich, sort of 15, both at the same time, really, within, within a month of each other. Then I moved away to Grimsby at 15. And you don't dream of that. You know what I mean? You dream of, you know, you're being the one that's scoring the winning goal at the World Cup or the FA Cup final, or you're playing at Man United, you're playing here, you're playing there. And for me, it was different, you know. We was going to Accrington on a Tuesday night. We was playing sort of in League Two. Things that you don't dream of. But at the end of the day, that was my dream. Um, so you have got to enjoy it when you get there. But fortunately for me, I've ended up in the position where I did get to the top. But that, as I say, you know, because you keep, you've got to keep driving to sort of get where you want to get to. But you do have day-to-day things. You know, there's, there's ups and downs. I've been, I've been released. Again, obviously, when I was at um, Norwich, you know, you, you sort of, you sit there and you're out of contract. You do it again, you know, you worry. You, at the end of the day, you've still got a livelihood and, and a lifestyle to maintain that you have a family. Um, so all these things are big worries and that's the way it is. And you don't dream of these things when you're, when you're a child. You, know? and you don't dream of having to support these people, like, you know, your houses and your stuff like that. You don't, you don't really dream of that. And no one does and no child does. But these are things that become, become an issue, you know, when you're into your last year of your contract, when you've got all these things around you, you know, where you're going to be, where you're going to play, where you're going to move, where you're going to live. And these are little things that keep on your mind, you know, and these are things that don't, they're not, they, well, they are a distraction, but, it's one of the things you can let you can let affect you more than more than it, it should really. I mean, now I'm stuck in a place. I mean, I'm interested in an Airbnb in Leicester. I've been here for two months, three months now. That's so. not your painting behind you. No, it's not my painting. No, that's uh, just the to Airbnb. describe it. It's like a purple, lovely purple flower. It's not bad. What's wrong with that? <laughs> um, so, what is it? Yeah, what's it like being on loan then? And what's it like? You know, you put Wolves as your team, and now you you're on loan. What's it like being on loan? What happened, I say it happened quick for me, and it's, this, it's, this is a different kind of loan. You know? I mean, I, I went on loan before when I was at Grimsby to go to Peterborough, but I was signing there after, and there was a young lad going there for a purpose, you know, to, to sort of go and sort of forward step in my career. This loan was probably a little bit different. At Wolves, things had kind of gone a bit dead for me, you know, like I was literally, I was playing, and then, you know, then, I, then I stopped playing. And then one day I just wasn't in the squad. I remember on a Friday, at lunch the squad goes in I wasn't in it I was like, well, a little bit baffled but these are things that happen you know what I mean and I'm not going to sort of sit here and, and just and just sort of see it out do you know what I mean and it's hard to train it's hard to keep like, motivated when you're not getting in there and yeah but at the same time I said to my agent you know I, was, I would only look at something that was going to excite me a little bit to move and this come up sort of last minute obviously at Leicester was more of a was more of a case of they had a lad who was going out on loan to Bristol Obviously, you've got Johnny Evans and Cags that are playing, you know, they're playing well. I think they're one of the best defences in the league. And obviously, is Wes here as well. 
and this was this was a sort of scenario it was a little bit different where I understood the situation before I come in you know I wasn't going to come here really and play as much as what you would normally do if you was going on loan and it was literally you know you're coming in joining a, a group that was going really well in the league with a manager that has got a lot of respect yeah. um, and that was something that excited me you know to come out and and take something new and these are like mental challenges that that I like you know what I mean like I was comfortable at Wolves you know I could have stayed there for the rest of the season and not been involved and not done this and these are the conversations I was having I could do the same thing at Leicester but it's nice to go out there and find you know work with a new group of staff work with new players keep the mind you know moving and different sort of scenarios different way of playing and learning different ideas from different people when I come we end up having the winter break then we play Wolves so I was illegible and then oh, yeah. had, then we had another week then we had more days off um, then we had the coronavirus I think I've actually have more days off than what I've been training so it's been a bit up and down you know and it has been tough but like I said you know you got to you got to smile and enjoy it and, uh, and keep going you know what I mean but obviously we're in the last month now so you know we'll see what happens at the end of this year um, and obviously we'll, we'll go from there yeah I was going to say that I can imagine it's hard not playing regular football when you train for it and then sitting on the bench is it more important to you for you to be playing regular football for you know, not just for your career, but for your mind. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when, uh, when I say when I was at Wolves, the squad, the squad list went in on a Friday, we were having lunch and, you know, you're not in it and you, you get the looks, you know, like people looking, looking up at their eyes, the top of their eyes thinking, because they can see it obviously. And they're like looking, like looking at you and they're thinking, Oh no, he's not in it. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, oh, you're not in the squad. Like, what happened there? And you're like, I don't know, he was not in it. And, you know, when you're driving away and, you know, you can see the bus going this way and you're going this way, it is difficult. And the longer that goes on, the harder it is. You know, you're coming into training, you're working hard. It does become mentally tough. I mean, you see that with a lot of players. I mean, it's spoke about a lot of players want to play. And that's, that's where I was at there. And that's what I was saying when I was at Wolves, you know. I wanted to just go and refresh my mind, you know, refresh everything. And mm. I knew I'd be in a similar situation at Leicester. But as I said, everything was new. The staff was new. The players were new, you had different people to sort of try and impress, different training, different regimes. And that was something that kept me motivated. How much is, is mental health and that side of things looked at in the game? And, you know, is it different with different managers checking in for, with those people that aren't in the starting 11 or, on, you know, in the squad? Yeah, it does differ, you know. This, this, within football, you'd say like a man manager. A man manager would be good at you know, managing the squad and just keeping everyone happy and, it is difficult, obviously. You look at their perspective of it, you know, they're focused on getting the points they want and there ultimately is going to be people that are not playing and people that are left out. And it is hard, you know. It's not spoken about in football, really, as I say, mental health. And I think, you know, there's, there's certain elements to it where you're brought up from a young age to, to win, to succeed, to be, to be a strong person. Sometimes it can be frowned upon. If you went to someone and said, ah, boss, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that or... There does become an element of, well, I can't trust him. His head's not in the right place. So that's yeah. the realisation of it, you know what I mean? And I don't think I've, well, I've not been in that situation where I've had to go and have that conversation. But we have spoke about it before. We've, we've certainly, like, we have little groups of players and we're talking different things. And sometimes it does come up, you know what I mean? And I, I always say, like, my biggest one I always say to people is the mental health. Because it's so up and down. And things are going good, things are going bad. But, and it's one of them stigmas that doesn't really get spoken about because people are worried of, of the outcome you know to be seen to be a weak person to be seen to be not in the right place to play is a worry for people because if you go like say you go and speak to someone and say oh, I'm really struggling you know what I mean? I've got these problems I've got these problems 
it does get to the point where people would look at that and be like, well, maybe I shouldn't play him this week or I'll leave him out this week because he's not in the right place, you know what I mean? And then you, you, can, you can drift off them because obviously they're focusing on their 11 players or the players that are playing and you, don't, you can't get the sort of time you need. And that's, that's probably improving now. There's a lot more, we've talked about a lot more within the last couple of years and there's a lot more things being put in place that are going to benefit that you know there's people you can speak to now people you can ring whereas a few years ago there wasn't nothing but like i say you know you have different managers out there that will sort of take more of an interest within the whole squad picture you know they're coming in the morning they have a general chat you know how's your family just normal normality really um but like i said there is managers out there that are just strict direct you know you're on a training pitch they do their work there's not much conversation to be had and, and that's the way it is you know but for me personally it's one of the biggest things within football that's not spoken about. I think there's a lot more players out there that are struggling with different things. And that, that's not just, you know, being depressed. And that's with anxiety, self-doubt, the worry. And I think sometimes you can bottle and shell all that up until it sort of becomes a little bit of a problem and, and you, you kind of get yourself into your own little shell. Um, I think people, people wonder who they speak to and sort of the, the detriment they could have. On yeah, on their career, career right? And they can, do you think it'll ever change in that sense? Because I think I would feel the same. I think a lot of people would, where it's like, well, I can't tell them I'm thinking this or I'm feeling like this because then they won't pick me and then that's my career and, you know. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's the thing. And I think this show, like, for example, this is, this is bringing it out, you know, I mean, people talking about different things and, and there is getting a lot more of that, do you know what I mean? Within and there's the sort of the PFA, you know, people you can talk to. And during lockdown, there was sort of messages sent out from the PFA to sort of say, you know, if you wanted to speak to anyone during these times, you know, you've got players that are out of contract now yeah. that are going to find it difficult. You know, they've got families, they've got mortgages, they've got all these things that, that cause big sort of implications and worry. And there's no people that you can go out there and really chat to about that. And a lot of people wouldn't understand, you know, you can say it and people say it, but you say, oh, I'm struggling with this. People will look at you and say, are you a footballer? What are you, yeah, it's all right for you. <laughs> and that's, yeah. and that's, that's the general consensus of a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? And mm. they think, oh, you know, they, they see a lot of people on Instagram, you know, posting all these pictures, the good life, the good stuff. That's not everyone. Like, you know, you see that the elite people, yeah, but there's a lot of people out there that are not the same as that, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the struggle, you know, where hopefully in time, people will open up and, and it'll become more acceptable. But I think the worry is always going to be there of how you're looked at and you think you'll come across as a weaker person and your mind not being in the right place to sort of focus on the job that they want to focus on and get them three points. And I think that's the biggest issue is, is the worry of how it's going to be interpreted if you did open up with a problem. And if that's going to change, I don't know. I generally can't answer that. What would you say to anyone out there that's listening that is struggling or maybe can relate to a bit of the things you were saying about you know what to do in your own downtime and being on your own and you know maybe even gambling yeah so if people are struggling you know it's difficult because sometimes the best thing you can do is talk but sometimes the hardest thing to do is talk so you know you, you see you do see it a lot where people say you know just speak to someone just speak to someone that's not as easy if only if it person. was that easy <laughs> and, that, that, and that's the issue is you're, you're in that position it's not easy to speak to someone and a lot of people from the outside who don't really understand so you know just open up to someone you can talk about it but like you say these people that are going through these problems don't want to open up and talk about it so there is anonymous groups i was involved at head for health at wolves 
and that worked for me well you know the way they've done it it was it was obviously a sport-based idea it was a group of people and you know you had someone leading it a professional who's leading it and i think that was good because the first step obviously then is signing up to it you know to go to it is, is, is a challenge you know to the nervousness that people are going to have to open up but when you're there i was there a few times and you see the group sort of develop and you'd have people there didn't say a word you know they just listen the words are going in and you go three weeks later and the person who was sat there is now starting to get involved and his points are now coming across and he's opening up but sometimes that can be with trust and, and, and learning of different people and, and realizing sat there this guy is saying things like, and i'm in his head he's thinking i'm the same as that but he didn't dare say it and then after a period of time they open up they get to know each other a little bit more and, and that really worked and they talked really well about you know coping mechanisms and and how they can go through things with with professionals who were, who were there you know and, and that's that's a big thing that i would say was to talk to to talk to someone is, is always good you know to open up if you can to talk to someone who can really help you a professional in, in, in a place whether it's one-on-one -on -one in a group like that is is really really beneficial because they can give you things and different ideas and listen the same idea won't work for everyone they, they were giving people you know general sort of things they can try and one might work for one and one might work for the other but like i say for me i have the people around me a real close group and if i do have any advice for anyone it will be it would be to open up and talk and i do know how hard that is but if you can find someone who you really trust who who knows you for you and, and just just drop them a line you know you start a general chat you don't have to go in there and say i'm with this i'm struggling with that, i'm struggling with this just you know just chat and keep chatting to people and, and people you really trust how are you what are you doing today and things develop you know things will evolve and then you, you start opening the conversation um, and it keeps your mind busy and that's sort of the biggest thing that i would sort of say to people is find something that can try and keep your mind occupied you know whether it's they say going for a walk going for a jog playing an instrument playing a game in pc or whatever if you're into that there's different things that motivate people's minds and that's that's the thing that I would say, you know, people, I know people who do meditation, breathing exercises, that sort of help with anxiousness and stuff like that. But as I said, find that, try and find that thing that keeps you motivated and also try and find someone to talk to, although it can be hard. Yeah. And you tend to find actually that once you start opening up that, that other person or other people actually feel the same. I think that's the most important thing about those groups is realizing, oh, hang on a second, I'm not the only one that's feeling like this or has this go on in my head sometimes. Ryan, I could carry on chatting to you for ages. <laughs> Thanks so much. I really, really appreciate you chatting and opening up. And it was like fascinating talking to you. Oh, no worries. It's been, it's been good. Thank been you. Good. And good luck for the rest of the season. I hope you get a Thanks. few games in there. Ah, cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Thanks, Ryan. Really hope you enjoyed listening as well. Thanks to Sport in Mind charity for their support. You know, as Ryan said, there is help out there. There's groups and there's resources online. Mind and the Samaritans are just some of the organizations that you can reach out to. And you can always drop me a note as well on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak again soon.